wonderful friend, welcome to Fate FM Drive Time Big Q&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible, and where we look at the world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nick Rita, South Australian Regional Coordinator for Faith FM, and I'm very happy to be with you today. Thank you for uh, joining us. Thank you for tuning in today, and please stay with us for this hour, as we are going to look at uh, some uh, questions, a uh, very interesting uh, topic we have today. Uh, we'll come to this question a little bit later, uh, but our, our question is, uh, what does an authentic Christian experience look like? Under this theme, we already look at um, a very interesting uh, theme, you know, a holy masquerade. Are the faithful hypocrites? Oh, well, uh, you may come across some people who who may look like, and, and we don't know. The Bible says not to judge people, <laughs> but uh, sometimes you cannot uh, help but just uh, have an opinion. We dealt with some questions uh, during the week. Uh, what is the church? Does church attendance equal a faithful believer? How do I respond to hypocrisy? How can I help my children deal with hypocrisy. I think this was just some of the good questions which we address uh, uh, on this uh, theme. And uh, my dear friend uh, listening today, you may miss some of uh, those programs. And, you know, you can go back and listen uh, anytime on demand. You can go to faithfm.com.au or you can listen to our app, Faith FM Australia. And if you haven't got that app, I really encourage you to uh, download the app. You'll be able to follow up with us uh, more closely. And, uh, yeah, you will benefit of some of the things there on the on the app. But I'm inviting you to be part of the program today. Why not come and join us here? And you can send us a text message. You can uh, share with us a thought, a question, a comment in regard to the things which we are going to uh, look at to address today. And the number where you can send us a text message is zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one. It's my privilege to welcome uh, in the studio here uh, our co-hosts, because I have uh, Charles here. I always hesitate to say your uh, surname, but you can say it if you like. But welcome to the program, Charles. Uh, Thanks, Nick. Uh, My full name is Charles Makukwana. Um, If you can speak Japanese, you'll probably be able to pronounce this. Um, I worship at Prospect International Seventh-day Adventist. I am involved uh, in the Sabbath school ministry and um, teaching, uh, also a part-time preacher and a musician. So, Praise God. Praise God. Wonderful. Thank you. And uh, we are very happy to have you with us, uh, Charles. We have also David Alima from Family Voice Australia. Uh, David, uh, it's good to have you with us. Thank you, Nick. Now, what do you mean if you speak Japanese? You don't look remotely Japanese, uh, Charles. The listeners can't see, but you're you're absolutely black as all good Africans are, I think. (laughs) 
That's right. Uh, the, the name just sounds like uh, if you can say Mitsubishi, you probably can be able to to say it. <laughs> well, well, I I was trying to um, use a trick which myself I I need to associate uh, those difficult names with something, you know. And uh, I'm not sure if I say it correct, but if I say Makukwana, is that close enough or? That's perfect. Is that perfect? That's All right, perfect. because I'm thinking of the last part. Of a, of a word in Romanian, uh, how to associate with your name. And here we go, you know, we can learn something, David, you know. You have become a native speaker. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll just call you Charles Mitsubishi and be done with it. <laughs> well, uh, guys, hey, it's really good to have you with us uh, here today. And my dear friend listening today, we are, um, will be so happy to hear from you. Please send us a text message where you're listening from, uh, maybe, uh, you can share with us if you have a special name like uh, uh, Makukwana. And uh, why not to let us know, uh, say how the weather is there. Here it's still cold and drizzling, raining, uh, whatever, all all full winter, uh, I shall say. And um, yeah, we are very happy to be able to be on air. And we want to connect with you, my dear friend, listening today. I really want to see some messages coming up there. You can send always a message to zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one. Now I may just come to David first. Yeah, David, always I like to ask you this question because I know that you always will have something in the sleeve there. You know, something sure. to share with our listeners. What's going on? Maybe even locally here um, from South Australia or from our country mm. or. We are going to look uh, a little bit later to some articles, uh, yeah. in particular one article under this segment, uh, World Watch. But yeah, David, uh, what you can share with us? Yes, Nick. Well, here in South Australia, unfortunately, a young lady took her life recently or arranged for the doctors to do so. So this is a euthanasia example. The euthanasia law has only just come into operation and it's being used now uh, by a number of people. And this is very distressing. The worst news, though, this week is that out of the Australian Capital Territory, the the government there is seriously contemplating enabling euthanasia to be accessible to young people as young as 14 years old. Wow. It's just unbelievable. I mean, young people, their brains don't develop properly until <laughs> about 29, and, and, and we restrict driver's licenses and voting to the age of 18. Mm-hmm. And for a government to seriously contemplate allowing a 14-year-old person to make this ultimate decision to live or to die just beggars belief. Is distressing indeed, uh, David. And I don't know where this world is going. And uh, uh, probably we are not even able to catch up with uh, all the things developing, you know, mm. from day to day. Mm. Um, I'm not sure if this is, uh, yeah, it's something which we really, really planned for uh, what? Uh, you know, I have big questions myself in my head. And probably yeah. our listeners will have the same questions. And in the public. Well, there's, there's really no limit to how far we will go once you cross a particular line. Once you say that doctors can be empowered to kill their patients uh, under certain circumstances, then gradually and then rapidly those circumstances will change because people will say it's not fair uh, just because I'm not suffering from a a disease that will ultimately take my life. Mm -hmm. uh, Why should we wait for that to happen? 
uh, why should it be restricted to adults and not young people? You know, these arguments are made. So the mistake is made fundamentally once we cross that line. And the real issue here is not so much the needs of the individual, but the community good, the the common good, as I like yes. to call it. And so this is just sending such a wrong message. We've already got one of the highest uh, youth suicide rates in the world. Mm. And we certainly don't need the policies of government in any way to embrace death or to suggest that, uh, that death is the, is, is the right option. So unfortunately, here in South Australia and in other jurisdictions, gradually we're seeing the erosion of the sanctity of life and these um, pro-death laws mm. are being placed on the statute books. Yes. And you know, what, in, what's interesting also is that this happens uh, under this, you know, compassion, uh, attitude. Mm. You know, we put that one up front first yeah. Yeah. that we are feeling with the people and we don't want to let them suffer and in pain and so on. And there is, how to say, uh, a good reason for sometimes that's what we're looking after people uh, when they are going through some difficult times. Mm -hmm. But I, I got you what you're saying there. When you start to legislate that and even with almost no limit, you know, like mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. in age uh, limit and so on and so forth, I don't know where that will, will take us. Any thoughts, uh, Charles, on that one? Uh, yeah, uh, it's quite distressing when you when you hear such uh, such things being uh, voted on and agreed upon and put into practice as law because if you think of 14 year olds they're basically the future of mm. of, an, of any nation mm. and to to give opportunity to youngsters who may be upset one minute and happy the next to make that kind of decision is not good and thinking about it even on a on a spiritual level you find that um, the Bible does say to us, there's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And the devil is glad to rejoice in people perishing before they've got a chance to accept the Savior mm -hmm. in their lives. Mm -hmm. So for, for so many people who might not have hope, I think this, this then I, I view it as a wake up call for us as believers to, to really go out there and give that message of hope because it's not the, the end of everything to, to take your own life. A very good point, uh, Charles there, you know, because in the end, that's, uh, that's what we do in these programs here. We're broadcasting this. It's a Christian, uh, radio network and we want to, uh, lift, uh, you know, up and, and to present the truth, what God has for us in store. They, and we talk sometimes on sensitive issues. Um, it just came in my mind now, which I was quite distressed when I heard this. You know, uh, uh, we, we talk sometime about uh, certain things like uh, LGBTQ plus uh, things. And David shared with us many times uh, on this aspect also. You know what I heard? And David, you may be even more uh, aware of this. I never knew that, mm -hmm. you know, under this freedom of uh, speech and attitude and all those things, we we kind of uh, prepare a platform and people are keen to support that. And now from LGBTQ+, it's a quite a resistance towards a movement which um, they real start to realize that uh, the youngest 
one, the younger ones, they are caught into this uh, movement, not realizing certain things. And I heard about that song. I'm not sure if you heard about they uh, they put a song like "We Are Coming After Your Children." Yeah. Have you heard about I that? Yes, and that is also now in America. For example, they have some uh, de- you know public uh, demonstrations there um, because they are chanting actually through those um, uh, rallies. They are chanting this thing, actually. We are yes. coming after your children. That's right. Well, in America, historically, there's been a group called NAMBLA, N-A-M-B-L-A, the North American Man-Boy Love Association. It's just incredible. So uh, we know where this is all going, and there, there really is no moral power left anymore to stop this avalanche. Uh, if Christians won't speak up, who will? And uh, unfortunately, our churches have been very, very hesitant to speak up on these matters. But what did Jesus say about those who would lead little ones into sin? Uh, His words are embarrassing even for Christian people, it seems, to contemplate. He said that it would be better for a man to have a millstone tied around his neck and be thrown into the ocean than for him to lead little ones into sin. So unfortunately, our churches and our culture has really lost the cutting edge in this matter and we desperately need to hear the words of Jesus and own those words and repeat those words by way of warning. The church has got to learn to warn the culture. Time and again, the prophets did this of old, mm. and John the Baptist and Jesus uh, constantly warning. We need to bring that back into our proclamation as God's people. Indeed. Well, look, guys, uh, let's move on. Uh, we have an article here which we were thinking to look at, and uh, a little bit different uh, tangent here, but um, still quite interesting. Uh, I was looking at this uh, article uh, from uh, writers. This was on June 19, I, I believe. It says that the International Monetary Fund, IMF, uh, is working on a platform for central bank digital currencies to enable transactions between countries. International Monetary Fund uh, Managing Director uh, Kristalina Georgieva said on Monday. Now, uh, CBDCs should not be fragmented national propositions to have more efficient and fairer transaction. We need system that connect countries. We need interoperability. Georgieva told the conference um, attended by uh, African uh, Central Bank in uh, uh, Rabat, uh, Morocco. Yeah. Well, what? Yeah. What? The, what that, that means? Yeah, David. Yes. Well, go, go on. the the world is moving towards a a unitary approach to politics and currency. Uh, one of the definitions of national sovereignty is to have your own money, mm. your own dollar, your own pound, your own whatever the currency might be, the yen in Japan. Uh, etc. And the moment we break that up, we suddenly become less sovereign, less able, less able to control our own future as a nation. Mm-hmm. So it's most disturbing to think that increasingly we are internationalizing money, and this relates in particular to cryptocurrency and to digital transactions as well. Now, there's nothing wrong with online banking. I, mm-hmm. I, I use it all the time. But uh, to... To have a, a uniform approach globally means that if we get it wrong, everyone gets it wrong. And if the currency is devalued, then it's, then, then everyone suffers. So, uh, we, we saw this in relation to the Eurozone, for example. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 
I, I must declare I was born in London, so I have uh, great sympathies with Britain, although I'm a good Australian citizen. But the, you know, thank God that uh, Britain didn't go into the Eurozone with the pound because it would have lost further sovereignty when, when all of Europe was struggling financially. Mm. So, yeah, this is a matter of great concern. We just don't think these things through adequately. We think we can just become international players. We fall into line so often with the United Nations and with these international treaties and mm. such like that. They're, they're eroding our ability to set our own future, mm. which we which we must do uh, under the sovereignty of God, of course, but we must need to do that with integrity. And, and David, I can see this also. People can ask these questions because we like freedom. We, we enjoy when we talk about no borders. You know, I know I come from a communist country mm. and when uh, those borders were open, you know, wow, everyone was so happy. But, uh, you know, the risks are so big sometimes that you cannot look beyond uh, this thing. You may want freedom uh, of certain things, but you lose some other aspects. And I believe here we talk about globalization. We yeah. talk about um, a form of uh, control. But hey, if I turn the, the coin, the, you know, uh, Charles, what are some of the benefits of uh, having um, this uh, cryptocurrencies or uh, or even international transactions in between uh, those uh, financial uh, institutions uh, some of the benefits would be ease of actually doing business if you're in business mm. or when you travel because uh, if if you were to ever go to to a different country there is a cost to actually changing currencies but if it's a single currency as it is in the eurozone mm. you you don't have those expenses that uh, accrue to you as an individual or as a business. Um, it's it's also much more secure if you, if you look at it because it's being controlled from uh, a certain centralized hub. Mm. But then again, we we also see that for for all these advantages, there's negatives to them because once something becomes centralized, it's uh, it's also uh, vulnerable mm, because mm. we've had so many stories of uh, um, cryptocurrencies being hacked by mm. hackers and money is being stolen in in the billions of dollars and people losing everything here in Australia. People have lost their life savings. They they've lost their super, thinking they are making a good investment. Um, but I also want to 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 touch on on what the the IMF says here where they say we want to have a common platform. Mm. Um, this is a digital currency. It's essentially a cryptocurrency. I, I, I think um, the powers that be have done a good job of uh, demonizing cryptocurrency is uh, something that should be should not be touched by a 10-foot pole. Mm-hmm. But a CBDC is essentially a cryptocurrency because it's also digital. But the difference now is with crypto, with the older, with the first cryptos, they were decentralized. The governments did not have control over them. For a Christian who is watching world events, what does it mean in terms of what these powers are trying to do? Mm. We know in the book of Daniel it says uh, uh, that the, at the time of the ten toes, the nations will try to come together, mm-hmm. but they shall not cleave cleave together. Mm. And this is exactly what is happening now. They are trying to bring everyone under one umbrella to control everything. Mm-hmm. That's right. 
And Scripture warns against that. The revelation of God is clear in Genesis that uh, it's not helpful when we have this unitary approach, you know, the single language, uh, the single Tower of Babel, and uh, the ability just to do whatever we like. The the whole notion of, of resting one day in seven, do we really need 24-7 shopping? You know, yes. <laughs> you can, you can, uh, even if the shops are shut now, you can go online and shop, you know, 24 seven. It's, it's kind of madness now. And God has revealed himself as a God who is not pleased when we have the unfettered ability to do business. It's a strange thing to say. Uh, I'm generally a free market kind of a thinker, but I recognize also that we just sometimes need to slow down. The pace of life, the pace of trading, the, the, the pace of, of the market, uh, it's just extraordinary. In fact, the, the markets now have limits on them in mm. order to prevent crashes. So, yes. And, and in the same way that uh, the, the faster our cars go, the more we must rely upon the brakes. Mm. You've got to have brakes in your racing car, and if you've ever tried, to, if you've ever tried to do this to, to drive a car which didn't have any brakes, don't try this at home. Uh, but you drive along at about three miles an hour because you're terrified of losing control if your brakes have failed. So the brakes are absolutely essential to progress, mm-hmm. and we need to have a bit of a break here. I think uh, in terms of just slowing down. And, and not going ballistic <laughs> with with all this finance yes. and ballistic with the marketplace. Yeah, and I think there is room for uh, what we're saying here. And as you shared a bit earlier, uh, David, with the uh, euthanasia and all those things, mm-hmm. we need to voice it out. We need to voice out all those concerns. I, this will fit uh, with our question for today. What does an authentic Christian experience look like? Mm-hmm. You know, we need to be, to say so, on the on the ball, you yeah. know, to to understand what's going on in mm-hmm. terms of prophecy. Uh, Charles, you just referred to the book of Daniel. And uh, all these things, you know, are going to happen in a way or the other, but we need to show to the public what's behind the scenes sometime. And unfortunately, uh, uh, we can be so easily uh, taken by the wave. <laughs> You know. Yes, uh, <laughs> in the, in this world you are living in, I mean, uh, s- some older generations would not know what the social media age is. And these are things that are constantly happening. The flow of information is much more. We are bombarded with information 24 mm. hours a day. Mm. And now this thing will even, as David said, allow people to be doing business nonstop. Where does it end? And more importantly, are we are we even going to have uh, rest in our minds mm-hmm. to 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 be unoccupied with all these things that are happening? Mm. Are we, or we are just going to to focus on money. Yes, indeed, indeed. Well, uh, uh, my dear friends here uh, in the studio, but also listening there, if you have a comment, a thought in regard to this aspect, you. Please feel free to send us a text message to zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one, and we'll be very happy to share. But right now, I'm going to get your attention, my dear friend, listening today to the offer which we have for today, and this is a wonderful uh, book uh, entitled "Kindness Living" uh, by Jeff. Where? Well, I don't know if I said that <laughs> word correctly, but uh, this is one of the best uh, church growth tool uh, today. Yet it's compact enough to fit in your pocket. 
it encourages readers to have a kindness plan to touch the lives of precious precious souls by daily uh, patterning their lives after Christ's life. His life perfectly illustrated through courtesy, kindness, gentleness. For uh, it is in this endeavor that we are branches bear the fruit of the vine. Please don't hesitate, my dear friend, to send us a text message with a code SA124. And this book is yours. Our, our friendly robot will take care of the rest of the things. Right now, I'm going to share with you a wonderful uh, song about Christian living. Please stay with us. Don't go anywhere. This is Fate FM, Drive Time, Big Q&A. Back to Faith FM, Drive Time, Big Q&A. This is Nick Rita, and in the studio with us is uh, Charles uh, Makukwana and uh, David Lima. Uh, we are very happy to have you with us, guys, here. 
Uh, a wonderful song. Uh, our life indeed touches everyone. You know, <laughs> depends how we live it as a Christian uh, life. And we talked uh, about during the week uh, about this aspect of are the faithful hypocrites? I mean, uh, we put that in the brackets, of course. Uh, if you are faithful, you should not be a hypocrite, you know. <laughs> but um, hypocrisy, it's uh, yeah, seen around uh, quite a lot, uh, unfortunately, even in churches. And Jesus spoke about these things, even about those leaders of uh, the day, uh, the Christian leaders. But my dear friend, listening today, uh, we are... Um, uh, interested in what you think about this because we are going to ask a question now uh, what does an authentic Christian experience look like Charles I may come to you now here just just explain uh, take us in a few words uh, what that means for you um, to to be a, a Christian which uh, which can express out in a very authentic way what Jesus expects from us uh in 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 short i would say uh an authentic christian experience or a, an authentic christian life is is putting to death uh the deeds of the body in other words not no longer living as you would live without knowing christ and what does that really mean for me it means walking by the spirit or being spirit led not doing my own things. It also means um, bearing the fruits of the Spirit. Because if I was formerly unkind, then if I am having an authentic Christian experience, I begin to exhibit those characteristics which come from uh, bearing the fruits of the Spirit. Um, it also means for me keeping in step with the Spirit. And that means seeing things from God's point of view, because normally we, we see things from the human point of view, but when I begin to live an authentic Christian experience, I am looking at things from God's point of view. In other words, what is God's plan for me? Mm. Where do I fit in God's plan? Not where does God fit in my plan? That's wonderful, indeed. indeed. David, any comments? Yes, that's a, a wonderful summary, Charles, and the the challenge facing Christians is, can I put it this way, to be caught up into the Spirit of God and into His plan and purpose, to be caught up. I don't want to to be apart from the program, so to speak. I want to get with the program. So I need to hear from God and to be ready to change whatever I'm doing in order to follow. We think about the... The unpredictable nature of the Holy Spirit. Jesus mm. said it blows, he blows where he wills. And in the Old Testament, of course, the people of God were led and they didn't know from one day to the next where they might go. And uh, Jesus said that um, as the Holy Spirit or as the wind blows where it wills, so too the Spirit of God and those who are born of the Spirit of God. So a hallmark of the Christian is a certain unpredictability, a certain unpredictability. And... Um, yeah, that means that we've got to be willing to to move when the Spirit says move. Yes, indeed, indeed. Uh, we just want to give a good uh, shout out for those people listening in uh, Kupopidi. We just have a new station there uh, in Kupopidi and we just heard that uh, they hear us uh, loud and clear <laughs> over there, which is great. Uh, hello, uh, Brent and uh, Marian. Good to have you with us uh, listening uh, today on the radio. Well, uh, how do we recognize an authentic Christian? 
An authority in Christian should be recognized by action. And that's the beauty of, of Christianity because Christ himself was uh, a man of action. He did not live just by words. Mm. When he said, I love people, he would show it. Um, Christ is known as the greatest uh, compassion giver of all time. Because even he says when he saw the multitudes, he had compassion on them mm-hmm. because they were like uh, sheep without a shepherd. So as, as someone who is living um, a, an authentic Christian life, uh, there are actions that we have to take. And um, I, I actually did find an interesting um, acronym, and it uh, it's, it's composed of five actions. Really. All right, I was interested to see some of the actions, you know, to share with us, uh, because it, it's good to talk about things in the Bible. And we're going to, to come to the Bible a bit more, because that's what it's important to find the 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 good source, you know, and uh, to equi- equip ourselves. But yeah, please share with us some of those steps, uh, Charles. I think uh, the, the, the biggest and first step really is to to admit <laughs> we need to, or I need to to admit that without Christ, I am nothing. Mm. And, and there is a biblical precedence for this because Christ says to 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 us if. He is the fine. We are the branches of the fine and the branches can bear no fruit if they are apart from the fine. So I need to admit to myself that without being in Christ, I do not have strength of my own. I can do nothing. I am helpless. Whatever I can do is not the fruit that Christ would like me to bring. Mm. And that's the beginning. Uh, the second step, uh, which I think every Christian life, uh, every Christian knows to do is to pray. Mm-hmm. Because prayer is how we communicate with God because Christ is asking and you shall receive. Mm-hmm. And when we pray, we're not merely asking, but it's also, um, a way of listening to what God wants us to do and to thank him. We do thank God in prayer. We express our gratitude in prayer. So any life of a Christian who is living for God, who is walking in an authentic way, has to involve prayer. Hmm. It cannot be. um, One writer actually says um, prayer is the lifeblood of a living Christian. Mm. If you are not living, then you cannot pray. But okay. if you are praying, you are living because that's the lifeblood. Take out the lifeblood, there is no living Christian. Mm. Beautiful. Um, yeah. I might just go to the third step and, and, and give a give back uh, to, 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 um, to Nick. Trust. Is it hard or is it to trust people these days? I think uh, in, in, in the world we live in now, people are so skeptic of, of everything. Mm. But God wants us to have trust. Mm. Interesting, the, the, those three steps, uh, and I will come to some more, I believe. Uh, but yeah, admi- admit, that's the biggest problem for many people uh, today in all sorts of uh, walks of life, uh, to admit the, the, the situation. And once you admit it, that one, we need to come to the realization that, so often is not in our power to do the thing, you know, to sort out certain things. And uh, then we need to, to pray, you know, for help, to ask for help. And I like, uh, Charles, as you come to the third um, aspect that then we need to trust, you know, you need to put our trust and how important it is when we know in whom to trust. 
to know God. David, I, I thought you you wanted to say something. Yeah, I appreciated that reference to the fruit of the Spirit there, Charles. Uh, and just to read those from the book of Galatians, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are the hallmarks of the Christian, and they make a difference. People look at the lives of authentic Christians and they say there's something different here. These people think differently, they act differently, they speak differently. And indeed, the Apostle Paul says that we are ambassadors of Christ. That means that we are representing something which is not of this world. Mm. In the same way that the ambassador from another country coming to Australia uh, speaks with a different accent and his embassy is a is an outpost of the old country. So you get that experience of the ambassador's home when you're in the ambassador's presence or in, in his house. And in the same way, Christians, we, we're told biblically, we even smell different. We have the, the aroma <laughs> of Christ. Well, I, ha- I haven't heard that much, but uh, I heard many other things that uh, Christians uh, you can pick up, you know, on uh, yeah. on the real, yeah. true Christian. Yeah, that's right. So because we are cut from a different cloth, we behave differently, we think differently, and speak differently. In fact, Jesus is called in Scripture the Man from Heaven. I love that phrase. He's a different kind of a man. He's not an ordinary man. He's fully human, but mm-hmm. he's more than that because he's divine. He's the man from heaven. And because we are being conformed into the likeness of the man from heaven, Paul says, therefore we should look like him. Wonderful. Yes, very nice. Thanks for that. Uh, now, we are talking about here, Charles, uh, a bit earlier you mentioned uh, these aspects of, uh, first of all, you need to do what? Admit. To admit. That's the first thing, you know, to admit. Then you pray. You ask for help, for support, for, you know. And uh, as the Bible says, you pointed out, if we pray, uh, we'll receive. You know, if you ask, we'll receive, the Bible says. And then you said that uh, we need to do what? We need to trust. Okay. Okay. That's a uh, very important thing to trust. And, you know, trust Trust for me means you are, you are leaving yourself at the mercy of someone. Who is whom you consider to be of a higher power? Mm. So, and you are completely saying, "I cannot do it on my own. You help me." And in this case, is an is a Christian or someone living an authentic Christian experience. You are relying on God's promises, and the the word of God is full of promises. and And one of them is found in Isaiah chapter forty one, verse ten. Mm, please share, which says, "I am your God." I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you. So we need to trust those words mm. and just take them as they are. And for, for, for most people, that's the difficult part, to trust in the written word just as God says, that he is going to be our God, he's going to give us the strength. It might be strength to overcome temptation itself, to overcome sin. It might be strength to 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 have that uh, heart that wants to be right with God. We cannot do it by ourselves, but when God is involved through his promises. So as a Christian who is walking with God, I would say find a, find a specific promise in the Bible and pray about it. Mm. Challenge God on the promises that he has given in his word 
truly in your heart and say, you promised to walk with me. Now walk with me. Wonderful. God loves those challenges, I Yes, believe. absolutely. Well, this looks uh, like an action plan, uh, Charles and David here. Just before we are going to the next step, uh, I'd like to uh, again uh, get the attention of our listener. Uh, we have a wonderful uh, book here to give you today, my dear friend, and that's called uh, Kindness Living. You just need to send us a text message to 4 double one and the code for today is SA124 please send us a message and uh, you'll get this uh, wonderful book but uh, yeah Charles uh, as I said um, before yeah this looks like a uh, very good action plan what's the next step the, the next step in our action plan is to act <laughs> you, you need to act that means um, getting up and going just mm. as God commanded. And we do have so many examples um, in the word of God where people were commanded to do something and they acted. When the Israelites were leaving Egypt and they came to the Red Sea, they were commanded to go forward. So an action is actually required. What does that, what does, does acting mean? It means doing things in obedience to God's word. That's the acting part of it. We Otherwise, if we are doing things of our own accord, we are not really living that authentic experience. Our actions have to be in harmony with what God says. In other words, God has given us um, the Ten Commandments, has given us even health laws to live by. Mm. If God says the seventh day Sabbath is the day of rest, I cannot then set up my own day. Mm. I have to act in accordance with his law. Um, uh, touching on uh, what uh, Nick has said, say, for example, the world of today does not recognize the marriage that God instituted. As a Christian who is living an authentic experience, I act in God's way, not in what the majority is saying, but what God actually says to me. So in Philippians chapter 2 verse 12 it says work out your salvation with trembling and fear. How do we work it out by living in obedience to God's word? I just want also to to go to to the book of um Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. I'll quickly read it for you here. It actually says in Galatians chapter 2 verse 20, and it's a beautiful verse, it says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Mm. So Christ, if Christ is living in me, even though physically people might see my form, but I am living according to God's word because I'm living by faith and Christ living in me. Wonderful. I mean, what we are saying here today in regard to the question which uh, we have, uh, uh, what does an authentic Christian experience look like? First of all, I think we need to have an accurate uh, uh, picture about God to understand God, to know uh, what God is teaching us and saying to us. Um, and then, you know, every single one of us, uh, um, you know, has an image of God. And people, that's why we have uh, over 
34,000 uh, different religions in the world because they have different understandings. But it's important to get to the Bible, you know, to allow the Bible to speak for itself, to allow the Bible to interpret itself and to uh, pray, as you just said, Charles, before for understanding. God promised that he will reveal himself to us. He will never leave us in darkness. David, any any thoughts? Well, the uh, the Christian character, as I've indicated, is one of following Christ. And the the short answer to the question that we began with today, what does an authentic Christian look like? Well, it's very simple to answer that. Mm. Uh, He or she looks like Jesus. So we need to look at the life of Jesus to study his words and actions. We also need to ask the spirit of Jesus, that's what the book of Acts uses as the phrase to describe the Holy Spirit, the spirit of Jesus. We need to invite that Holy Spirit to come into our lives. Yes. So it's as simple as asking uh, to repent, to believe, to be sorrow, sorrowful for our sins is the uh, is the way forward as we receive the faith. Mm. And if we're proud, if we say, oh, we don't need salvation if we assert, I haven't done anything wrong, we're just fooling ourselves, we need to fall on God, throw ourselves at his mercy and say, God, have mercy upon me. I'm a sinner. Mm. I've done wrong. I've offended you. And God is quick to forgive. And we turn away from our sins. We receive the gift of salvation. The Holy Spirit lives in our hearts. And the law of God is written on our hearts. And we are prompted by the indwelling Holy Spirit to do the works of God. It's an incredible change that occurs. It's a life-changing experience to profess faith in Jesus. Yes. And that's our prayer for all of our listeners, that they will invite the Spirit of Jesus Mm. into their lives, and then they will be like Jesus in that respect. Wonderful. Thanks, David. Thanks for uh, sharing all that. Uh, Again, coming to you, uh, Charles here, uh, do you have anything else to say in regard to having a clear picture about God, uh, how to, uh, what would you like to share with us, you know, because I, I believe this is important um, to have a, an experience, a, a Christian experience, you know, uh, to show around, to express God around. I think we need to understand him correctly. Is that right? We, we absolutely need to have a, a clear picture of who God is, because if if I've got this lens where where God is is waiting with a big stick to punish me, um, I'm not going to be able to trust Him. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> if, mm. if I'm if I've got a picture of a God who 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 is angry and needs to be appeased all the time, every step I'm taking means. I have to consistently judge myself and 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 try to appease and make sure I'm I'm not making him angry. And the God we the God who created us is a loving God mm. who looks at us as his children. Just as we as human parents would look at our children. We want the best for them. Even though many times I heard about um, people saying, oh, this is God, it's an angry God, you know, uh, looking in the Bible. And we dealt with that just the previous week about uh, violence in the Bible, you know. And But if you look into the Bible, even Old Testament, New Testament, the Bible pictures actually a loving God. A God who's interested in our well-being, not a God who just wants to punish us. And I think what you just said here, it's, it's so important. Yes, uh, God is, is a very loving God. He wants to know us personally. 
just as we human parents know our children personally god loves and delights to know us personally um the bible even tells us that god gives us better gifts than human parents would ever give mm. because he is a personal god he knows each and every one of us personally so having that accurate picture in our minds of who god is is an important step to to admit that we cannot do it our, our, on our own and we throw ourselves into his loving arms. When we've thrown ourselves into his loving arms, we can pray and communicate with him. Uh, one writer um, um, says prayer is speaking to God as to a friend. Mm. And that's amazing. God is not a fearful being where we have to to be <laughs> so scared to approach him. When we pray, we speak to him as to a friend. Oh, wonderful. Very good. Uh, well, if I look in the Romans chapter 12, uh, just to read the verse there, uh, verse 9, it says here, um, love must be sincere. We're talking about here that people can be hypocrites, you know, sometimes you can show uh, some sort of attitude, you know, you may even think, oh, I'm showing a very loving attitude. But uh, the Bible is encouraging us to be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good, says here. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. One uh, Honor one another above yourselves. I believe very good uh, advice in this passage here. Any thoughts on this, David? Yeah, uh, integrity is a fantastic thing that we need to cultivate as God's people. And the the interesting thing here, I think, is that we make the mistake of sort of saying, "Oh well, God will change me, and if He wants to be more lo- me to be more loving, then He will make me more loving." But it, in fact, uh, Jesus issued the new commandment. He said that we should love. It's an imperative. It's not a feeling. It's not a state of being. As we are in relationship with God through Christ, yes, we're prompted to love, but at the end of the day, the will is the most important thing here, choosing to love. And so Jesus said that we should love as he had loved loved us. Mm. So the, the authentic Christian is someone who loves as Jesus loved. That's very challenging because it's easy to love our friends. It's easy to love people who are lovely, but it's much harder to love our enemies, and yet Jesus said we're to love our enemies. Yes. And he wonderfully showed that because when he was being crucified, he loved those who were torturing him. Mm. And he prayed to God that they'd be forgiven. Uh, that is almost unbelievable to contemplate. Wonderful. His profound love for his enemies. So this is something that we as Christians are working on. You know, we, None of us have got there yet. Uh, Paul himself said, I want to know Christ. A remarkable admission of yes. his own um, journey. He's on a faith journey. He, he wasn't pretending to be perfect. None of us are. But we are wanting to know Christ and put into action his plan of love for the whole cosmos. And uh, as we continue on that journey, we become more authentically like him. And people can see that in their lives. And very well said, David. Thank you for that. My dear friend, the time is going uh, so fast. We are almost the end of the uh, program, but I want you to have this book in your hands, uh, Kindness Living. 
please send us a text message with the code SA124 and the number is 04888-80811. You can still send us a text message with maybe a question, a thought, a comment in regard to the things which we just said. Charles, I'm coming to you here now. How can you bring it together a little bit? Just give us a little bit of, a, um, you know, um, few thoughts here to to bring it together to finish our program. Maybe there's uh, there's just one action uh, that we need to do, and that is to thank God mm. all the time. Um, uh, to thank Him in all circumstances. In the book Ephesians, it actually says, um, "Giving all thanks, all giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, because." There is so much love he has lavished on us mm. to be called his sons and daughters. And that is amazing. But to just wrap it up, we need to have an accurate picture of who God is. Our motivation of being an authentic Christian should not be because there is maybe punishment. Mm. It's because God has loved us first and we are living in accordance with his will. We Maybe the last thing that is so important for us, which I think has been touched on in, um, in um, the book of Romans, is to value relationships. Mm. We have a relationship with God, relationship with the world. Do I want other people to know the same God that who loves me? Mm. Ourselves. When I'm living, am I living in accordance to what God desires me to be? Am I representing the highest values that God wants the world to see? We are the light of the world. Other believers, we come in contact with other believers as Christians. Do I exhibit the same love even though we might not be sharing the same faith? Mm. They are believers. God loves them as well. But we all need to be in the knowledge of the truth, which is knowing Christ and the cross. All right. All right. Well, um, yeah, the time is against us now. But um, I just wonder, uh, David, before we closing with a prayer, I may ask you to, to pray in a few words. Do you have anything to, to add for uh, today? Well, what a wonderful invitation it is that God would send his son because he loved the world so much so that through faith in him we would not perish but have eternal life. So let me pray now for all of our listeners. Our God and Father, we thank you for this opportunity to have explored the scriptures and to have considered the claims of Jesus, your son. And we receive him into our hearts. We confess our, our sins with sorrow. We turn away from our sins. And we ask for Jesus to come into our lives, to be our Savior mm. and Lord. And I pray, Lord, that as listeners repeat those words in their own heart, that you will send your Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus, to indwell in their hearts, to change them from within. But give them the courage, we also pray, to take up this free gift and to put it into action. So bless each listener, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, guys, for uh, your sharing today. Uh, my dear friend, join us again next time when we are going to talk uh, about the uh, history of tomorrow. And the question we'll uh, ask first will be, how do I interpret prophecy? Until then, may God richly bless you and have a safe walk in the footsteps of Jesus. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.